from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host, Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author of the book Paycheck to Purpose, is my co-host today as we talk about your career, your job, your life, your money. It's all right here. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Anna or Anna is with us in Los Angeles. Hi, how are you? Hello, um, how are you? I'm doing great. Good. How can we help? Um, so I've been working for some time now and, um, I, I thought I, I did a, a okay job for building up my personal wealth, but, um, I also like, um, to hear, uh, your opinion about how I'm doing this far. Okay. How are you doing? Tell um, me about it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I've been in the real estate business, um, for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I have four rental properties mm-hmm. and the yearly income is about 50,000 given or t- more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, the total mortgage balance I have about is a, a million. Um, and one thing, um, I don't know what, what I was thinking, but I did take out a home equity line, um, for the purpose of uh, purchasing other properties. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so far I've been paying it off the highest. It was close to 600,000, mm-hmm. but based on my calculation, that's back in 2019 and I should be able to pay that off completely off, um, by next year, mm-hmm. um, middle of next year. And then you'll still have, um, and then you'll still have a million dollars out on the rentals. Correct. Yes. Okay. And you make what a year? Uh, uh, that's the wild card. So I'm in real estate. So mm-hmm. that's I mean, what you make last hard year? to say. Last year is about 200. Okay. All right. That's a, probably your average year, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good for you. And so, so what's your plan? Just stay in debt the rest of your life? I mean, what's your plan? So sounds like um, it because it sounds like you keep buying rentals with more debt. Yeah, and, and that's my question. Although I have these rental properties, but I, I, I always feel I have this piece of rock um, in, inside of me. It's I feel yep. very heavy. Yep. So well, it's a million dollar rock. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there in your right. stomach. Yeah. 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 So should I get rid of some of the properties? So to get rid of this feeling, um, I'm not sure what to do. I would develop a game plan to have them all paid off within a certain period of time. There's nothing panicked here because there's no desperate situation. But what you're experiencing is you finally are measuring risk. And mm-hmm. most of us, I grew up in the real estate business, Anna, so I, you know, I, I understand. When you get in the real estate business, one of the things they do is they take a hammer and they break your risk meter. We don't even know how to measure risk once we're in that business because we just buy crap. I mean, it's just like we go get a – getting a mortgage to buy an investment property is like – that's the only way to do it in our minds. You can't do it. In, you can't do it otherwise. We've just people in the real estate business really believe that it's just not true, but we believe it to be true. So, yeah. um, but what you're you're starting to feel the weight of the risk that you've taken on that no one in your world talks about, but you're starting yeah. to feel it, and that's what how you ended up talking to us. So, yeah, what are these properties worth total? You owe a million on them. What are they worth total? Total, I would say about five million. Good for you. Okay. 
So that's a great equity position. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you're in a 20% loan-to-value ratio, which is phenomenal. That That's not a big risk position, but there is a million dollars worth of problems there. So yeah. what I would do is say, I'm going to pay off that million with my income and with the sale strategically of one or a couple of these properties over the next five years. Okay. And it might mm-hmm. be, you can just sell one of them and be clear and clear the rest of them. And that'd be pretty cool. And then from there you pay cash for all of your additions to your portfolio. You don't use home equity loans ever again. You don't borrow again to do that because you've got great cash flow when you have no mortgages. And that that's going to be the way to go. Yeah, and she's going to be in a really great position out there. So now I'm curious, Dave. So you wouldn't sell? Why not sell one of the houses and knock it out that way? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, I'd pick out one of those properties. Okay, gotcha. All right, all right. And and or the income, but I mean, the income. If it takes you two years to do this, and instead of a month, right? That's okay. Okay, gotcha. There's nothing on fire. Yeah, but you do want to aim at having a debt-free portfolio, Mm -hmm. and aim at and stick with the promise to yourself that any additions to the portfolio we're doing with cash yeah as soon as we get first and foremost get to debt free then when we add something later we're going to do that with uh you know without borrowing money to do that and and folks i understand that the get rich quick real estate world and borrow all you can on real estate out there is out there. It's always been out there. And I understand it's real hot again, that Tic Tac has made it really a big thing again. And uh, you guys get on there and there's all these goobers on there that have no life history that, you know, they're 14 years old and they're I'm buying houses and I got these figured. It's a bunch of crap. You don't, I mean, when I was 22 years old out of college, I started buying houses, nothing down. I bought $4 million worth. I had a $1 million net worth by the time I was 24 years old. I made $250,000 cash taxable income doing flips in 1984. That's $20,000 a month in 1984. You don't put that in today's dollars. That's a half million dollars a year, okay? Now, I don't know what neighborhood you grew up in, but the neighborhood I grew up in, we called that rich. It was fun. I was having a blast until I found out about risk, and the banks called our notes, and we spent the next two and a half years of our life losing everything we owned. We were sued. We were foreclosed on, Mm. and with a brand-new baby, a toddler, and a marriage hanging on by a thread because my poor wife thought she had married Sir Galahad. Turns out it was Goober, and there we were, bankrupt, and at 28 years old, I got the opportunity to start completely over because I followed the exact same crap you people are seeing on Instagram and TikTok, and you're all walking around acting like you're smart. You're not. You're straight up freaking stupid. Quit doing it. I walked it, and don't tell me you know more. Listen, a man with an experience is not at the mercy of a man with an opinion. This is ridiculous, you guys. I've walked the exact path that some of you are signing up for right now. Now, not her. She's got a different situation. She's moving away from the debt. She's calling about that. But this zero down, nothing down, I'm going to get rich in real estate is absolute bullcrap. Broke people shouldn't buy real estate. It makes them broker. That's why they call them brokers. This is The Ramsey Show.
Most break-ins happen when your home is the most vulnerable in the middle of the day when no one is home. So I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. They're the best at what they do, protecting your whole home. Their award-winning system is backed by 24/7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day, half the cost of traditional home security. And my listeners get 20% off their system when they sign up for Fast Protect monitoring at simplysafedirect.com. There's no safe like Simply Safe. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host. Rachel Cruz is my co-host today. Dennis is in Richmond, Virginia. Hi, Dennis. How are you? Hi, how are you? Uh, so my name is Dennis. I'm 20 years old. And my question is, uh, is it crazy that I'm asking my mom for a loan of $8,000? Now, I know the question sounds crazy because there's not really a backstory. So can I give you a brief backstory to go sure, with it? Sure. Okay, so I've been investing for about two years now. I'm, I started my freshman year in college, and I've been day trading for about a year and a half. Um, uh, my closest, one of my closest friends is a, a up-and-coming hedge fund manager, so I, I get a little bit of information from him, but I'm mainly an investor. Um, about a, a year ago, a year and a half ago, before I started really day trading, um, I was only a referee. That's my only job I have because I'm in college. So I might make $500 in a weekend, and I would take uh, probably about $300 out of that 500 and put it into Webull to invest and then just keep the other 200 to live off, and uh, I would just keep doing that. And at one point, I asked my mom for $3,000 because my um, my father had just paid all of our child all of my child support at one time, my sophomore year. Um, it was $40,000, and I was still trying to – um, you know, wait, minute, wait, 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 wait. Where, where's the money? Why do you need money if you're day trading? Why do I need money? Yeah. Did you lose all your money? Yes. Okay. So that's okay, what so I was you suck to. at so, day trading and you want her to give not, you money. Not really because. From yeah, really. You lost all your money. I, you suck at it. Well, it was from a head because I've also made all the money. I didn't lose. Where's the money? How much money do you have? How much money do you have? Right now, I I don't have any money in my brokerage account because I took took the rest of it out because I didn't want to go any lower. How much money have you lost day trading? Uh, I lost about 15,000 in a a week. You suck. That's what made me take my money out. Yeah. But I've also gained about 27,000 in less than a year. Yeah. So, okay. Let let me give you the numbers on this. Okay. 78% of day traders lose money net net. When the story Mm -hmm. is over, eight out of 10 day traders lose money. 20 year old day traders who referee it's the numbers approaching a hundred percent. Don't do this anymore. And, that's and your mother's right. I, no, she should not give you money. I would not give you money because you're going to lose it. Even if, even if you can see that the gains are there and if you check the money, I just told you eight out of 10 day traders lose money. You're 20 freaking years old and you referee games on the weekend. What makes you think you're better than the others people? I, I don't. But okay, you're going to lose money then. My, Yes, I understand that. I then why would you money. keep doing this? 
it, it gives me more money to invest. At, at a certain point, my mom told me, like her mindset, she nobody in the family invests or does any of this stuff. Good, because so they don't want to do it like time, you. She told me that I was stupid. She's right. Well, no, I was. I was first investing. This is when she told me that I was dumb for investing, for taking half my paycheck and just investing in stuff. I I recently just found out day trading, and at first I didn't day trade. I would just hedge. So that's where it had brought me up the amount of money. I bought some SDAO calls and bought some SDAO. Dennis, you are playing a game that guys that get paid millions of dollars a year play, and most of them aren't good at it. I mean, guys that run multi-billion dollar mutual funds do what you do, and they still have questionable results. It takes them years and years and years of training and experience to do this. Not, I've got a friend who was once worked for a hedge fund, and I'm 20, and I referee on the weekends. You are, you are the recipe of a disaster, sir. Please don't do this anymore. Your mom is right. She smells a rat, and it's you're, you're going to hurt yourself, son. Stop it. I don't think I'm going to talk you out of it because I think you're convinced yourself. But, dude, I mean, listen, if eight out of ten people that walk down the street named A Street get attacked by a bear and killed, don't walk down A Street. I mean, this is it. This It's not, I mean, why do I think, what am I going to do, get a bear suit? I mean, no. I mean, don't walk down A Street. Eight out of ten people that walk down the street, a bear kills them. Son, that's what I'm telling you. You know. And, and Dennis, I think. Please don't act like you're different. Yeah, and I think the appeal right when you get rich quick it is that's what i'm saying is i'm like uh, there there's such a better formula to handle your money long term um and i think you have the you know you have the capacity to do that to do it the right way dennis that lowers the risk it's not going to be as exciting and it's not going to be like boom boom oh my gosh this this and that it's not going to bring that but it's going to bring a level of stability and build a really great financial life for yourself by starting great habits i'm like just Slow down. If you have debt, Dennis, yeah. pay it off. Have some cash in the bank to save. I mean, you're you you hustle. You you're looking for opportunity. It's just your momentum and your focus is just geared in a way that's really risky, and you're not going to come out better on the other end. Yeah, playing the, versus com- doing playing something the commodities else. market is almost as dumb, if not dumber. I did that. I had a finance degree. I actually know something about this stuff. Formally, academically studied it. Hello. Um, it was not, I had a friend that was in a hedge fund and a guy comes to me and he goes, Hey, my buddy over here has been doing gold trades and we're going to buy some futures on the gold trades. And the last 11 times that he has picked the future date and our, our, our purchase rate on the thing. Um, and if we put in 5,000 bucks, we'll get 50,000 out the last, ele- he's 11 for 11 on his last five. Guess what? I put in 5,000 bucks. He, the 12th one he missed, which means you lose the whole 5,000 bucks. Mm-hmm. You either get 50 or you get nothing. That's how this works. So so that was my gold investment because I'm just as stupid and dumb. I mean, just as everybody else, I had to try it because I'm smarter than everybody else. Let me tell you, pride goes right before the fall. Once you think you find somebody's got it all figured out and they got a system, yeah, bull crap, okay? The only system that works is long-term investing in long-term track record things where 80, 90% of the people doing it make money not where 80, 90% of the people lose money and you think you're the freaking exception. This is how Vegas has operated. Everybody thinks they're the exception. And that's why Bellagio has nicer furniture in their lobby than you do because you 
paid for it, you people that thought you were smarter than the house. That's why they have Chalui or whatever that uh, architecture. It is crazy. What, you... what is the name of that uh, famous sculpture that does the lighting? Oh, I know. Chalui or whatever lighting in the, in the lobby. Of, With the, massive. the blown glass. Yeah. Probably, probably Chihui. Yeah. Chihui, is that it? Chihui. <laughs> Thank terrible. you. I'm, the guys in the booth are trying to help me with my hillbilly. But uh, yeah, it's like a million dollar Dave, fixture in the art lobby, is right? Fantastic. Right over the right over the right over where you check in. And guess who paid for that? Stupid people. That's who paid for that. Okay, people that thought they were going to beat the house. Listen, if you do it for entertainment and you're out of debt, stupid and you people. Have a small amount of money, and you choose. It's to not go- entertaining to lose money. <laughs> It's not entertaining to think you're the exception of the rule. I know. But they make <laughs> yeah, you feel do. that way. <laughs> I'm a 50-50 story. Oh, God. Help us. You and Dennis go invest together. Right? <laughs> uh, that's what you all need to do. <laughs> no. It's just the long-term play, Dennis. Yeah, we just don't, wanna... don't, don't. Please And, stop. hey, great for refereeing. And, you yeah, were kind of laughing. Good for you. you. No, I'm just that. saying that does not qualify job. you to be a yes. day trader. I know. <laughs> Because you can call a five-year-old soccer game. This doesn't set you up to be a day trader. It's not. It's not like the prerequisite to winning at day trading. So, um, you know, he does do hard work. Thank you for that. Yes, and yes. thank you for earning some extra money and so You're forth. But great, I think Dennis. your mom just... is a precious lady. I love her. She's got some sense. Mom, don't give Dennis any money. <laughs> there you go. Uh, not for day trading. That's right. So, sorry, Dennis. You didn't get what you wanted here, but you will always get the truth because we love you. And we don't want to lie to you. We want you to have a good life. And so we're always going to tell you the truth, even if it's fun. This is The Ramsey Show. You worked hard for your home. It should be a place where you can relax and refocus on your goals. And something as simple as window treatments can make the difference. If you're ready for an upgrade, we've recommended Blinds.com for years. And I've used them myself. That's because with Blinds.com, you don't have to sacrifice your budget, your style, or great service. From blinds, drapes, shutters, and motorized shades, they make it easy and affordable to upgrade your entire home. And their team is always ready to help with everything from design consultation to measuring and installation. Plus, there are never any misleading quotes or hidden fees. Everything is backed by their 100% satisfaction guaranteed, and shipping is always free. See why Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. Visit Blinds.com to save up to 40% off everything site-wide. That's Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. John, in quotes, that's not his real name, in other words, (laughs) from Louisville, Kentucky, not his real place, in quotes. Big secret call coming in. So, Mm -hmm. John, what's your question? Yes, sir. Um, Well, about about two years ago, I I won one of those uh, multi-state lottery drawings with a group of co-workers, and uh, I haven't told anyone uh, besides my wife. And besides one sibling, uh, no one knows. And How much? I, my, my question for you, um, after taxes, it was about $22 million. Holy crap. Uh, wow. Holy crap is the, is the wow. understatement of the century. Yeah. How old are it you? Was, it was a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm edging up on uh, about 50 years old. Okay. Okay. So, and so yeah, you haven't was, told anyone, and I've got some uh, guesses, but uh, why? Uh well, the first thing I did when, when I found out that a one was, was research. And it said, you know, that you read all those 
one in five people lose their uh, lottery winnings or go bankrupt within 10 years. And one of the things they all said was, you tell too many people and you get too many people at your door asking for this, that, and the other thing, asking for handouts and expecting you to pay for everything. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I made a conscious decision just to kind of keep it uh, under wraps. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, we, we've kept keeping it under wraps. Um, we haven't even told our two teenage children. Mm-hmm. And now I know that sounds strange, um, but we just don't want them to grow up uh, to be waiters, you know, waiting for us to die so they can get our money. You know? That, that's fantastic, man. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Dad's been eating so, little rat poison lately. I probably, hey, I honestly, yeah. uh, I. I, wow. I, I'll spend the rest of the day imagining I'm you because this sounds just like a fun thing okay. to think about. Um, I don't think I would well, tell my teenage kids either. No, I, I'm okay with that. No, uh, I, I want them to go figure out what they want to do in life yeah, and, and yeah. get, get go, going go on be the track. Somebody. And, then I'll, and then I'll let them know. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to keep it from them forever, but like, you know, our parents and stuff, we haven't told any of them. Um, we, ha- we had a, another incident about a month after we won the lottery um, incident. I, I don't want to call it my wife's great uncle passed away shortly thereafter and he didn't have any kids and he was never married. And he left most of his inheritance to my wife and her siblings. Mm-hmm. So we've been able to use that as like our cover story for when we help people. Like I bought my mom a roof. I know yeah. really, really nice of me, yeah. but I, you know, when she says, how can you afford this? I just say, Oh, it's great. Uncle Bob's money, mom. He want, he wanted us to do this or, yeah. You know, Uncle Bob's money's at least two X now. That's great. Yeah. Oh, uh, and you can get a you can get a have you got a decent car? I you're going to love me, Dave. Uh, My house was paid off before I won this. Yeah. My wife and I really have no desire to move. Good. Uh, We had just paid cash for two Toyotas before we uh, before we won this, and we still have them. We're not looking to upgrade anything because they're perfectly fine cars. So okay. We, uh, we, we, are you still working? I'm not, not, are you still working? I am still, I am still working. Do you hate it? Ridiculous. No, it's not. Uh, No, actually that's why I'm there. Cause I kind of like my job. Okay. Good for you. I, I think you should I, keep I working. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to make you a better the, employee. Cause when have your you boss got, comes have in. Have you gotten some great investment advice? I have. Yes. Good. Okay. Uh, I have, a, right. I have a team as you can imagine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> with this, you with need a team. You need a team. Yeah. Uh, so it's good. not a huge team. It's just it's a group, and they're 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 doing well. So doing far. good job. Good. Okay, so, I like yeah, everything yeah. you're doing. Um, and it's okay. not a, it's not anyone else's business. Right. That's what I hope. And um, That's I good. don't think you're being like a hermit in a cave, weird Unabomber weird or something like that. Right. I think you're just no. being wise because what you've what you've discerned is that some of the people in your life could not handle the equation. Correct. That is an, a, a very uh, good assumption on your part. <laughs> yeah, and and so you're yeah, doing them a favor by not putting the strain on them, including teenagers. Mm-hmm. So the only thing yeah. I can get close to is is that um, by the time my kids were teenagers, we had begun building substantial wealth. Mm-hmm. We had recovered from the bankruptcy. Rachel was born, so by the time Rachel's sixteen, it's you know, 17 years since the bankruptcy. And we had, you know, I was a multimillionaire again. Okay. Mm-hmm. We could buy whatever car we wanted to buy. We could go on whatever vacation we wanted to go on and it wouldn't affect us. We had good money. Okay. Uh, but the kids had no idea. And our kids right. had a double problem. One is their dad's in the spotlight and mm-hmm. everybody knows us, right? Because we're known yeah. in the community, um, and talks about money, no duh. 
And if they had that and they knew that we had millions of dollars as a teenager, I don't think they could have processed it. So they did not know. They knew we were okay with money. They knew we lived the principles that we teach and we made them live the principles that we teach, but they did not know X number of dollars was the net worth, right? I only disclosed that to them after they graduated from college and I involved their spouses because by that time, two of them were married. And so I Mm -hmm. sat down with three of my kids and two spouses, five of them, and we started unpacking what our estate plan looks like because they're adults at that point. And I told them up front, I said, listen, here's the deal. We don't own anything at our house. We're people of faith. So God owns a bunch of stuff. He's asked us to manage more than you know, and you're getting Mm -hmm. ready to know now. And you get to decide how you're going to react to that. Are you going to react and continue to be productive and generous people? Or are you going to be, and using your words, and I'll never forget it, a waiter, right? Uh, Because (laughs) if you're a waiter, you're not going to get access to any of this. We're going to take it away from you. Because God wants you to be productive. He wants you to be whole. He wants you to be excellent in the marketplace. And he doesn't want this to destroy you. He wants you to have the opportunity to serve a lot of people with this wealth, including my grandkids to come. And so as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. And it's not our money. It's his. We're managing it for him. And someday you will take over the management. But you will not become the owner. If you think you're the owner, you won't get to take over the management. And we, that's how I unpacked it. And then when I unpacked it, I was really pleased that they weren't freaks and they've continued ah. to live really good adult lives. And it, it's not ruined them that their dad has, you know, dad and mom have a bunch of money that they manage, you know, so, uh, all that. So I think you can start to build some lessons into your teenagers now so that in five yeah. years, when you have that conversation, they're ready to shoulder the weight of it. What do you Mm. think, John? All right. Yeah, I I think you can live by example, and I think you have a pretty remarkable opportunity to take your kids out when you're having taking them out to dinner and noticing a waiter that's struggling and call the waiter over and be really kind and then show your kids, let's leave a huge tip. You want to do that? And it might be a hundred bucks, which is nothing of of what you got in the bank, but it's it's going to be a million dollars to a teenager, right? And you can slowly right. plant the seeds of this is what generosity looks like. And when they, it's it's kind of like those movies. You get to the end, and it like the sixth sense, right? And it goes doo doo, and you realize, oh no, I I missed the whole story, and now I have the whole story. <laughs> One day when you sit down and say, hey, I'm uh, you know, that school that I paid for, and you know, you and your wife are about to buy a house. I'm going to pay for your mortgage and here's actually what we're sitting on. And here's, I I like who I'm honored by who you have become. They're going to go, Oh man, I picked up all these lessons from my mom and my dad. They're also going to learn that money isn't what makes it isn't your identity. Your identity isn't being a great dad. It's a guy who still got up and went to work. It's a guy who still kept the same Toyota that he'd already paid with cash before. Like you're doing everything so right. It's so healthy. It's amazing. So healthy. Yeah. Man. Good for you. If you were were hiding this because you were freaking and you were weird, I would call call you out on it. You're wise. You're wise. I think in this case you're wise. My my sister called me the other day and said, what was your big splurge? And my answer was patio furniture. I'm not a big flashy guy. Well, I I think you need to increase gradually the enjoyment of this money, not not in the name of the secret. 
not a name that's spoken, right. exposing a right. secret, right. but you need to increase the enjoyment and you need to increase your generosity factor systematically. Right. You need to say, all right, this year we're going to spend $400,000 on this or that. Create some neat memories with your kids. Yeah, do, do some things intentionally with this without just kind of roll, rolling up an extra million bucks into the budget this year. You don't have to do that, although you've got it. But, um, yeah, wow. Congratulations, brother. It's a very good, healthy view. Yeah. This is The Ramsey Show. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality. Open phones at 888-825-5225. You jump in. We'll talk about your life and your money. Joe is with us in Springfield. Hey, Joe, welcome to The Ramsey Show. Dave, thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's up? I've been listening to you off and on the last couple of years. It hasn't, a lot of things haven't soaked in, but the other day you said that nobody should own a new truck unless they have a net worth of a million and they're debt-free. Mm-hmm. Well, I bought a new one earlier this year, and so my question, number one, is should I sell that truck and downgrade get something a little bit more economical so that I can pay it off? Uh, how much do you owe on help. it? Uh, 43, no, mm-hmm. 42 and some change. So mm-hmm. 43. What's your household income? 220, 210. And you don't have any money? No, I have, uh, I have about 40 in the bank right now. Mm-hmm. How long have you been making that kind of money? Oh, years. You're making good years. money. Why do you not have any? Well, I'm, my wife kind of lives YOLO. I kind of live like, hey, we might live to be 500. And it's just, it's been 15 years of just kind of, we've sat down and we put budgets together and it just, it, uh, it doesn't stick on one end and it does on one. And uh, I've just kind of learned to compromise to keep the marriage happy. And uh, But the marriage isn't happy, man. I can hear it on you. It's frustrating. I mean, I love her to death. Wouldn't trade her for nothing, but it's frustrating. Well, sure. You know, when you have a divided house, um, yeah. you know, like I hate Christmas. I hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we spend $4,000 every year in Christmas and it's to people and friends and, and every year we argue about it and it just gets me where I just hate Christmas, you know, <laughs> because I know we're just getting a bunch of money and we shouldn't and we don't have to. And, okay. Yeah. You know, you, you move on, you know, mm-hmm. You can either dwell on it or you can just move on. And and I, then, I and then you on. borrowed $40,000 truck. Yeah. Yes, well, I, I'm a sales guy, so I have to have a truck that's less than three years old and so many miles. I get paid eight fifty a month for my truck allowance. And Whether you have a car payment or not. That's right. Yeah. And that's where I would rather tuck the eight fifty and throw it on the house. We're in a great situation on the house. House is yeah. worth about six, six and a quarter. We're down to about 270 on it. Um, Joe, Joe, like the, uh, the, truck. the truck, the truck needs to be paid off or it needs to be sold, but it's 10% of your problem. Okay. The problem okay. that's screaming at me in this conversation is you make way too much money to be this broke. I agree. And you guys have really got to sit down and address that. You're just, you're, you're just we as have. a quarter. No, you haven't. You guys just not fixed. What do you? But what do you do? When well, I think you need, if you can't, if you and your wife can't sit down and dream about a future that you're willing to control yourselves for, 
because you're not controlling yourself. You're, you have no self-control in your household. And if you, the two of you no. can't find a house, a dream in, in high definition that the two of you can agree to that is worth working towards together and worth not spending everything we make to cause it to happen, then you do need to sit down with a marriage counselor if that's the case. Often high-performing, high-earning folks sit down and have this conversation as a math problem. Honey, we make this much money. We got to make a budget. Well, I have one. I have an Excel sheet. I can show you. I, I know you do. It does, it's not good. It's useless. Here's what I'm telling you. There's a different conversation when you sit down with your wife and you hold her hands and you say, honey, I can't breathe. I'm so scared. We make way too much money. I'm working so hard. And I feel like you and I are full and pulling further and further and further apart. And I love you too much to be frustrated at you all the time because I know that's hard to live with. And I love you too much for us to pretend that we're all joyful and happy once a year at Christmas and we try to throw money at our friends and family instead of being a warm, safe place for them to come land. Would you build something different with me? That's a different conversation than, honey, look at my spreadsheet. Look at this. If you just would do this, then we could get out of this crap. One of those, she's going to go to her defense, and that defense is probably way older than you, and that's probably been there since she was a little kid. And then you go to your defense because she starts bombing you back, and it's different when you take ownership and say, "I want my wife, and I want a family that um, I want to unificate a unified front here. I want a unified vision of what we're going to do, and I'm scared to death I'm going to lose you." The irony is, is that you think by acquiescing you're creating peace, and you're not. That's the irony. The fire's burning in the basement, and it is hot. It's coals. Yeah. Because and, and it's, it's, it's eating you up, and she can feel that on you. And then she goes about solving that feeling with the way that her body's been solving those feelings for her whole life. Spending. Spending and trying to make people feel good about themselves and showing people how great she's doing. And that's different than y'all two building a life together. Yeah. Yeah, and if you guys can't sit down and work that through and start to say, we need to develop a new vision for our future, a different plan, other than just spinning our wheels, feeling like a rat in a wheel. I'm scared. I can't do this. This is killing me. I cannot live in a situation where I make a quarter million dollars a year and we have nothing. That is just absurd to me. My brain can't do it anymore. My mind can't do it. My psyche, my spirit can't do it anymore. So we have got to develop a plan for the future that we're both willing to work towards. And I want to do that with you. Let's start fresh, a reset, not we've got to get on a budget. But but that will lead you, by the way, to a budget. And it's not a spreadsheet budget. It's an every dollar budget. But it will lead you to the two of you working together to implement the plan that you have agreed to together that both of you had a vote in i love starting those conversations with i'm sorry i'm sorry i've tried to control you the way i know to control a problem i've tried to solve you i've tried to fix you i'm sorry let me tell you the truth i'm scared to death and there's a different there's a different approach there someone can enter into your space that way instead of uh having to swing back at you it's tough hope that works for you brother and then pay that truck off in the next 20 minutes um or couple months and or sell it one of the two that's um because it's you know you went and bought a truck while she went and bought christmas i think you (laughs) you showed her man i think you spent more so um there you go and the 850 is coming in whether you have a truck payment or not so that doesn't justify it 
Our question of the day is sponsored by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Most American homes have dozens of appliances, and chances are at any given time, something wrong with at least one of them. Mr. Appliance, a Neighborly brand, offers expert appliance service on your schedule. Visit Neighborly.com today to find home service experts, including Mr. Appliance, in your area. Today's question comes from Jane in Florida. I pay the bills for my elderly father. He has a bad habit of going to the ATM to withdraw money several times a week. A lot of times it leaves me with a balance too low to pay his bills. I've had numerous talks, threatened to stop helping, etc., etc. He apologizes and promises to do better. Then in a few weeks, he's right back to the same situation. I don't want to be disrespectful to him, but is it real? it's really stressing me out. What do you recommend I do? I'm not going to help you with your bills anymore unless you give me your ATM card. Yeah. I'm unable to help anymore unless so you give me your ATM card. I can't. I can't participate. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you're you're making this too hard. You're sabotaging everything I'm trying to do to help you. I'm trying to love you, and you're clearly you're telling me very clearly you don't want my love and support and help. Yeah. So if you want to give me the ATM card, I'll keep doing it. If you don't, then I won't. Yeah, that's fine. I still love you, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend all of my time resenting how you're living your life, and then you come to me asking for help. I don't want to resent you. You're my dad. I want to love you. So. I'm either going to turn this over to you or you're going to hand me your ATM card. Yeah. That's easy. Yeah. I can fix that. And it's not a flex and it's not it's not showing your muscles. No. It's just saying, hey, no. I, I'm choosing to not do this anymore. I can't. Yeah. This is this is an absurd dog chasing its tail scenario. Keep pulling you out of the pool and you just keep jumping in. If you want to stay in there, uh, man, it's tough. I keep getting you out of the road and you keep running back out there. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's, um, it's it, well, it's, um, it's frustrating because a it's someone you love and b they're hurting themselves and um and c it's so cyclical yeah it's a it's, it's circular here it's a dance the whole thing is circular it's ridiculous yeah, yeah. stop dancing bad florida two-step there you go this is the ramsey show Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app in your favorite app store today.